this is our uh, our first live Loose Joints podcast. Welcome along. As he, as we always say, Loose Joints is a podcast where we talk about music new and old with a guest. Um, this is our first one. With, this is Sally, my co-host. Okay. And we are joined by, we don't usually have two guests. Have you ever had two guests before? No. No, we haven't. We, but, um, our, our studio is about that size. Yeah, we, we usually do it in a podcast. place called Bikini Island. And uh, it's, a, it's a grotty little studio in Portobello. And uh, we usually don't bunker. have fancy mics, fancy head mics. Yeah. Or anything like I that. I feel like so, Madonna. Yeah, yeah that's the fourth time like a... Madonna's been mentioned already. Um, but I think we'll, we will get some Madonna in to this show. So this one is all about, usually we talk to just uh, the guests about the music they like. Uh, but this one, being as, part, as it is part of the Science Gallery uh, late night event, it's a book called The Art of the Sample. So we thought we'd just have a chat about some samples. So just to kick us off, I'm going to play some, uh, some famous samples you may or may not know, but uh, you probably will. But can't you see I'm calling? Around looking for you the other day. Word, word, bust it. Informant, 
So I guess we'll start with that maybe uh, just to talk about like sampling is obviously a very creative endeavor. I think it's a very innovative endeavor and it's a way of like recontextualizing all the music for a new audience and uh, Snow, I don't know if it was uh, ever considered an Amen Break classic. But he did like your bum bum? He did like his bum bum, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. But uh, the Amen Break was, uh, you heard the original sample there, it's the Winstons, isn't it? The yeah. Winstons, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like a six bar drum break, uh, six second drum break that basically launched Jungle as a genre and has been sampled over oh, countless number of times probably. But uh, for one sample alone to start, one drummer, to start a, uh, a movement and a genre is pretty impressive. So what we're going to do, you probably recognise some of those ones in there, I'll just give you uh, Beyonce, Crazy in Love was the Chai Lights, uh, Are You My Woman. Um, the Bollywood sample as a start was Britney Spears, Toxic. Um, California Love is actually Joe Cocker, Woman to Woman. Uh, Len, Steal My Sunshine, Andrea, True Connection. Uh, Stardust, Music Sounds Better With You is Shaka Khan, Fate. Uh, African Babada, Planet Rock, which is uh, Kraftwerk, of course, which is kind of credited with starting a lot of uh, the beginnings of hip hop. Um, and then we had uh, NWA, Straight Outta Compton in there, as well as Snow Informer. So what we're going to do is uh, we're going to keep things a bit more personal than that, probably. So I'm going to ask the guys for like, their favourite choices for uh, samples. And um, I think I asked a couple of two people here, Jen, who is a DJ with Lime and Fancy, uh, who, is, who are doing their first birthday tonight. Yeah, so after this. You are a pop culture enthusiast, but you have a wide range of, of interests and uh, influences in terms of music, so you'll see that in your choice. And Keen, um, as one half of Messiah J in The Expert, you are pretty... When I, when I asked Keen to do this, he was basically like, this is my favourite topic in the entire world. Pretty much. Yeah. Maybe so, you sitting here. <laughs> yeah, so he, he very kindly kept his choices to four. Uh, well, we're going to see how we get on. Uh, we're going to start with Jen. Your first choice Hello. is... Uh, well, maybe we'll just play... We'll play the song Say first. And then we'll... Uh, you'll probably all know it anyway. We should lower the lights, get into the mood. It's Friday night, wine bar, fantastic. That's <laughs> um, gorge, <laughs> like, yeah. of course. But so did you know the, before we introduced the, the song that samples this, yeah. uh, did you know the original before? Oh, yeah. I, my, I have two older sisters, and we just grew up in a house that was like pop central, so they were obsessed with We were obsessed with everything that was on top of the pops. Um, we'd watch it religiously, so Spandau Ballet were a big part of our lives and Tony Hadley is a weird fantasy man for my mother which is disturbing, <laughs> yeah. greatly disturbing but uh, well that, that slide so yeah I mean the, the thing about this is with this, what samples it, it was this great apex of two loves of it ended up, like it's very difficult for or interesting for a song to have two places in your life so you can have like my childhood basically from whatever four upwards Spandau Ballet in the house and my mom loving true and 
it's like, you know, your kind of 80s ballad classic. And then to have it like subverted and made into a completely different song by PM Dawn, which is yeah. set of Drift on Memory Bliss. Well, let's play it. So Still highly sentimental. Very. <laughs> Um, and I just don't think people realise that I was really brave of them to do that because back in like it was 1991 and hip hop artists like today you can pretty much sample everything it's like a grab bag everything is open for everyone to use whatever way they want to use it and influences are far ranging but back then like this around the time of NWA or whatever that was this wasn't them sampling someone like George Clinton or you know someone like Rick James or Isaac Hayes. This was them being ballsy and taking a song that everybody was already familiar with in a completely different context and thought it was probably sh you know pretty shite. Like probably yeah. thought oh it's just pop ballady trash and then made it into like this Daisy Age kind of soul record, well, I, which I, is beautiful. I think that's one of the best things about sampling. It's my favorite thing about sampling anyway. Is that you get a real insight to what artists are actually listening to yeah. and what they're inspired by. So apart from, you know, you've got most F using a lot of Rita Franklin and all that sort of stuff, but there's lots of really white, um, Yacht Rocky stuff sampled yeah. so much in hip hop yeah. that it's, it's definitely, it's one of the big um, binders, I think, of like, it's, it's very unusual. Is you can't imagine hip-hop artists listening to so much yeah. white music, you know, well, really. We have a few examples of that later on where like, There's loads of it, yeah. Sample sources, like, I mean, as you, you were a bit of a crate digger, so like, yeah. was it just trying to find something that nobody else has or nobody that, else would I think of? From a sampler's point of view or a producer's point of view, I would, the way I see sampling is really crazy. Like, let's say that song, for a lot of producers that would be seen and at the time was selling out. Mm. Now I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, I just mean it was a very commercial thing to do, whereas the art of sampling for a lot of producers is finding something so rare, like you can't even find it on Discogs, or, you, know, yeah. you just can't find it, and you're taking a tiny snippet and chopping it, completely rearranging it. But obviously there's tons of other ways, it's like if dance music, Daft Punk, or you know, the Avalanche is taking bigger chunks and just looping them. So there's I think it can be creative in tons of ways once you're kind of not doing the Puff Daddy cover version way. Yeah, I think. Yeah, like well, I think, like, you know, just being, there's no, because I'm a pop kid and I'm a pop fan, obviously, mm. but I don't think there's any shame in being obvious. No, And just wearing your heart on your sleeve and that genuinely, I think that came from not um, a, a cynical place from them. Yeah. I think it, from PM Dom, I think it came from a genuine place where this was a song that, you know, they grew up with was, probably yeah. and they wanted to use it and, they, and the elements, the way that they use it, they cut basically Tony Hadley's big foghorn vocals off it, and they just concentrate on that sexiness that you wouldn't yeah. really have assumed was about that song that the, like the, the brothers had in it, like so the Kemp brothers had, and they concentrate on their backing vocals, and it brings this whole different element completely. to it. I know, I'm just saying that that's how it would have been viewed at the time, mm. but I completely agree, and if anything, they were way ahead of the curve in doing that type of thing. And yeah, and in itself, they probably liked the challenge of picking something that was very, un like, yeah. very unusual, completely. and making it really work, and it's a gorgeous yeah. little 
little piece bit. of music. That can be a really interesting way of looking at samples because it kind of, like there's so many samples that I've listened to from, I've discovered so much music from samples. Yeah, which yes. is an incredible way of looking at things. I think yeah. people who are against sampling, if they realize that actually a huge reason why producers actually sample is to actually breathe new life into this music. And some people might think that it's cynical, they're trying to make money off it, rob and steal and all that stuff. But it's not, it's actually to show what amazing music is out there. And like Niall said, a lot of this music would never re, like, see the light of day again or come back to life if it wasn't for hip hop or dance music or whatever, sampling this music come back. That, well, that's the way I would view a lot an awful lot of it. I, I, as a late teen, when I got really into Moss Jeff, I, that's how I heard about Gregory Isaacs because he references so much and uses it in samples. Yeah. And, got really into Gregory Isaacs and um, Willow Tree ended up being this sort of little obsession because when you become a little bit obsessed with an artist, you become you very intrigued by what they're obsessed with, Intrigue, you know? Yeah. So it does definitely open doors for, yeah. for, for any uh, music fans or, or and DJs. Yeah. And okay, sign, no, yeah. just to say, like, we were talking about this subject is, I feel like I could talk for days, like me and my friends would talk about whether it's you're a fan of Daft Punk, you could talk about all the samples they used, which way they flipped or sampled best, where it's Wu-Tang, RZA, Jay Dilla, mm. which I'm sure we'll talk tribe, about, uh, Tribe Called Quest, Q-Tip, yep. Timbaland, Avalanches, you know, there's so many acts that just when you delve into the source music, you learn a lot about the artists themselves yeah. and what they're digging, so that's really great, I think, as well. Yeah, it's Good. essential, it's, a, it's an overlooked, but really essential Yeah, completely, uh, yeah, it gets to know more about them. And I guess uh, another guess interesting so side of it really is that the, when you think about the, the sampling that was done in Roots and Reggae and a lot of lover, Lover's Rock music, yeah. it was down to necessity where they wouldn't have access to instruments and music, so they Completely. would use loops and mm. sampling yeah. as a way of having a background to, to, to singing, you know? Lover's Rock song, they kind of use the same yeah. backing for different tracks, like so, but yeah. it's almost in the way that when you know the, the songs used to come out early in America and then they'd have a UK artist cover it mm -hmm. in, in the 60s. It was, was kind of on that vibe. So you'd have like Scylla Black doing a song in the UK, but you'd yeah. have Dionne Warwick doing it in America. And that was the vibe I, I thought about the whole Lover's Rock sample stuff because it was literally the yeah. same sample, but you'd have like five different songs with the same sample used. The same back and yeah. track, yeah. No, so they were resourceful. Exactly, no, but it's like if kids, all they had access to was records. They made music out records. So I think sampling is the perfect example of making something out of nothing. And yeah. it's taken necessity the came from necessity. When anything that comes from necessity is always uh, yeah. so and interesting and where it ends up, like the journey completely. of it. And sure now hip hop yeah, and R&B is like the biggest music in the world. So I think it's, yeah. it's kind of sampling is no longer a, w a weird, bizarre thing. It's the norm. Really. Yeah. yeah whether it's actually taking the sample or recreating it without, you know, true musicians, I think. So we've seen that from Robin Thicke there getting sampled at Marvin. Or getting sampled and then getting sued. Inspired yeah. by. Well, that's it. So I think personally, I actually think the whole suing element and all that is, it's just out of control it's for me. It's a total minefield it's though. Minefield. It's yeah. a, it depends on how much love it's done with, I suppose. Or but like, as in you'd always assume there's a lot of, I, it's going out the of homage, of it. You should allow it to a degree because I think they're only yeah. going to benefit from it anyway. There should be a, 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 like a like you can you're anything up to three seconds is allowed or something. Yeah. Five <laughs> seconds is a, it's a grander. Yeah, a second to go or over or a, something. Yeah, a couple of notes or whatever. They yeah. need to uh, they need to revisit it. We were going to we were going to mention uh, your song there actually. So we mentioned it because uh, Benita Applebaum was actually referenced lyrically in yeah. uh, 
PM Dawn song. It's Christine Applegate, you gotta put me on, so it's mentioned that. But the sample of, of this song, which is the 12 inch version of. Uh, Carly Simon's Why. Yeah. Another, another very, um, would have been a very. Um, uh, like it's really unusual. Again, a really white USA girl with a really yeah. cheesy song. And um, they make it really, they make it really work. Yeah. And um, there's a couple of versions of this. Um, yeah, this is the one with the 12-inch uh, version of the Apple Bone with Tripod Press. Um, Keanu, I'll we'll go to you because uh, you picked a, a song that yeah. uh, one of the artists that I uh, absolutely uh, discovered a lot from sampling yeah. and I found it a very a creative endeavour in terms of like what he did. Uh, critically acclaimed um, album uh, DJ Shadows introducing. Mm -hmm. He basically built the entire thing from All samples. All things from samples, yeah. There's nothing else on nothing it. Else. Did he play anything on it? No, no. So that's pretty impressive, right? Um, <laughs> has he ever? The, has he ever? The new stuff is. The new stuff yeah. is his own. It's not samples, yeah. I know he used a lot of other artists. Yeah. To make it, so I didn't know. So I'll play this. This is uh, your choice, Keen. It's yeah. uh, soft touch and plenty action. Yeah. DJ Shadow, you'll know straight away what this is. I think the key thing for me, what he does here, is he really changes the tone yeah. and the texture of what, what these well, source the, the song he samples. So that's a song from 1973. Like, only ever on 7 inch, you cannot find it anywhere. And this guy's cost like 500 bucks. They only ever released one song. And then he sampled the first two bars and made a six minute song and the whole complete song is made out of just these two bars. So every noise you hear in this is made from that two that two bars. It is the greatest um, use of sampling you'll ever hear. But, but, but arguably probably this this might be where you would hope the artist maybe did make some money from the sample considering how how many yeah. how many copies of introduced do you think were so No, this is not on introducing this on the second one. Yeah. Alright. But still, you know, like that yeah. that'd be a time where you probably would like for an unknown artist to, to make a little bit of cash. So that's just the flavour of that song. Um, I will turn over to uh, an artist that came up on a few people's radar when we were talking about this, and I think, is Jamie here? Yeah, Jamie, <laughs> you picked it as well. This is, uh, uh, we were going to talk about Jay Dilla for a minute because as, uh, well, Keith, do you want to give a quick intro? Would you be able to give a quick intro to Jay um, Dilla? I mean, a prolific beat sampler, Yeah, started producer. off, I suppose, in, I think, 92, started getting placements in 96 as JD on Mad Skills, and then with the Fireside, and then kind of went through different various names and became well known as Jay Dillow when he started uh, with Stone's Throw and brought out Donuts and he passed away that week. And Yeah, yeah so this is an album he made in his uh, in hospital. Yeah, in hospital when he was dying and the whole thing has a running story about him passing away really and it's become 
I think, one of the most important records mm-hmm. of the last decade. Yeah, when I heard this, I, I didn't know anything about him. It was just one of those uh, things that I was like, what? You know, it was a real discovery. It felt like a real discovery to yeah. me. But then I realised I had actually heard all of his like productions for years and years and yeah. years. Try Call Quest and all sorts of stuff, really. Yeah. Stone Village and all. Uh, like anything. I got till it's gone with Janet Jackson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the producer. Um, Jay Dilla will play Working On It. Uh, this is from Donuts. <laughs> If you don't know the album, it's very much a, like a fractured kind of collection of, yeah. of beats. It's very much like Collage, they just stop suddenly. Um, when I first heard what the sample was for this, it was, uh, I was pretty surprised, but it's, it's kind of a hilarious song. It's brilliant. It's more than a hilarious song. Yeah. Okay, so it's by 10CC and the song is the worst band in the world. I'm sure um, they I completely would, but anyway, yeah, I think they're brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, if this is what you're, if this is what you're going yeah. by. Yeah. Yeah. 70s Joe songs. Yeah. 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 In joke, guys. Yeah. Big in joke, guys. <laughs> 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 I'm not in love with some of the greatest songs <laughs> ever. Not in love, and I'd yeah, argue with that. I wouldn't have squared them with this. A lot of the out there, there's a record, and it's so creative. It's like that they're really creative, and they're 10 songs in one, every song. But they're obsessed with production. That's yeah, the good exactly. thing about them. Like yeah. they weren't like that '70s kind of white guy band that were just like guitar heads down. Yeah. They wanted to push those forward a bit. Can we defend in 10CC? So this is another 10CC song that uh, Dilla sampled. It's Johnny Don't Do It. This is Jamie's choice actually. Very small, very tiny little sample in this. Mm-hmm. It's just here. You may not have heard that, but <laughs> this is what he made out of that. So I don't know if you can really say from 
that anyway. It's a sample of the creative endeavor. I'll give you another example of a Jay Dilla track. Um, the original sample here is by uh, The Tramps. That's the Tramps, uh, rubber band, and this is what he did with it. I think Dilla is probably the most influential producer for me in the last 25 years in terms of he still is being released, like his estate are releasing uh, records from him. Yeah, yeah, there's been about 12, there's nothing on the ultimate tapes. I kind of wish a lot of did first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in the last 10 years, I would say he's definitely the most Yeah, it definitely shows you how prolific he actually was as a, as a producer because there's still bringing out stuff. Yeah. His estate are still bringing us up his mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so one of the things I really like about samples, and we kind of touched on it already, is that uh, you get the chance to. Uh, recontextualize a song in a, from a completely different genre. I'm just going to very quickly give you an idea. Of this um, this is very from a very recent song from. Uh, well, I'll just play the first bit anyway. So that's a uh, Queen's of Stone Age regular John and uh, as recently flipped by uh, Skepta on the song Man. Huh? I don't know why man's calling me family all of a sudden. Like, hmm, my mum don't know. Okay, that's uh, Cousin. I've got day Skepta with Man. Um, Dope. <laughs> yeah, it's great, it's great. And it's totally different as well, which I really love about it. Um, and speaking of, um, this is something you wouldn't even maybe recognize, Keen, as one of your choices. Um, yeah. and I'll, would I play the original first or play the, yeah. the sample first? Yeah, play the original okay, first, yeah, I think yeah. so. So this so is, I can yeah. show you where it is. is everyone knows this song. So for such a recognizable song, you're like, you're pretty sure you'd recognize the sample from this. She's a very kinky girl. This is She's alright. She's alright. That's alright with me. Yeah. Okay. So it's a tiny little chord. Din -din and he just chops it to So this is Just Blaze. Just Blaze. So the, the song that was ended up being sampled on was Jay-Z's Kingdom Come. 
I don't know what life would be in H-I-P, H-O-P Without the boy H-O-V Not only N-Y-C, I'm hip-hop savior So after this flow, you might owe me a favor So, okay, boy, would you, boy, would you, boy, would you pick this one? When this, when the beat drops, if you just say it play in a second When he chops it, he chops it so minute Puts it into about eight things, like, here you go, kind of like where I go, they like hope back About the corner office, I Lift the shit out of it. And then listen, even if it's the eighth, fourth bar, you hear the doom, doo doo doom. Uh, like the, the <laughs> kind of the bouncy yeah. puts on it is just absolutely yeah, yeah. crazy and it's a song everyone knows even the original and the hammer and then he actually took it again kind of as a joke it was actually a joke song and they were just like this is too good yeah Kingdom Come Kingdom Come yeah it's crazy I guess when you're like, I think something we haven't really talked about yet is like the cost of actually clearing a sample like that. Yeah. Um, you're talking about a pre recognizable song. Yeah. I wonder if you could go to them and be like, maybe Rick James needs the money anyway. Maybe he does. Cocaine's <laughs> a hell of a drug. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you might, get away, you might be able to argue that, you know, as it's not as recognizable as using the, the main chorus or the main beat, you're like, yeah. you know. Well, I know, deal on this. going back to a previous episode, DJ Shadow, he said the problem is now if you sample one song, they might want 80% of the royalties, and then if you sample a second song on top of that, well then they want 80%, it's like, that maths, it doesn't add up, you can't do yeah, it nowadays, yeah. so it makes it very difficult for artists to actually yeah. be creative with samples, where if it is, they want so much money up front, sure, you know, Kanye's moaning about owing so much because of samples, so, you know. How much did Jay-Z have to give over to Annie, I though, was, for Hard Knock Live? That's what we really want to know. <laughs> you should, you, you is should. the orphanage okay? Yeah, yeah. he's funded the orphanage. <laughs> You should be allowed, kind of, not have to pay if you do a really good job in it. Like, Tracy just said there. You're exempt, you're just like, you, you sampled the shit out of that. <laughs> that one's on you us. You made it work. You know? Yeah, that'd be a good one. I think you should be on the committee for that. So, um, that's a good example in, in terms of hip-hop, anyway. Um, maybe, Sally, you give us a... I'm going to pick one from you. This is... Uh, Speaking of hip hop, um, mm, one of my favorite albums. Yeah, well, we will play. Yeah, let's play the sample first. I'm only one step the head of heartbreak, one step the head of misery. One step is all I'd have to take Backwards to be the same old fool for you I used to be <laughs> So this song, quite a lot of it is used in this actually so Yeah, he uses the keys which are really lovely and he uses her vocals over and over It's It wouldn't be... Um, so good He... Um, I guess it wouldn't be for non Aretha France, it wouldn't be a song that they would you would know necessarily. Wow. It's pretty old. Yeah, but it's it's so beautiful and so warm and you and he does it so beautifully you can tell it it means a lot to him. Like instantly recognizable that it would like when I first heard this when I was obsessed with black and both sides. 
and when I first heard this, that was my favourite track on the whole album, but it made me go, hang on a sec, I don't know this Aretha track, so I asked my older sister, who's mad into soul, and I was like, what the, where's this, why were you hiding this song from me? So, like, it does send you on that little chase to find something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, another good example, maybe, is uh, your choice uh, from SWV. Yeah. You probably will know this one. <laughs> What year did this come out? 1992, three. So 1992 is the first time it came out without the sample and then 1993 was when Teddy Riley got his hands on it. He said, beef that shit up, girls, and made it amazing. And I just think, like, it's very hard because you were saying Aretha, like that, her voice is so familiar and iconic. That human nature, Michael Jackson, like the whole Thriller album is just so, everyone knows it backwards, everybody owns it, we're short. And those vocals are unmistakable, but to take it and almost make him a backing singer is so bizarre because I think Michael Jackson and Prince, they're very idiosyncratic and sometimes it feels like you can't sample their stuff because it's just them, you're just hearing them, you're, you're not hearing the other song. But I think this does it in a really clever way that it kind of just, it makes it this gorgeous groove, like it's very summery and, and really fragile. Those vocals are so fragile that it's really emotional. It packs a way more emotional punch than I think without it. When you hear it without it, it's not the same song. Well, there's the original. Does anyone sample Prince? I'm going to cry now. <laughs> I think they can get away with it somehow. Who would do this such a thing? Well, maybe they will now. <laughs> Sadly. Yeah. No, I don't think it, well, no, Beatles don't allow it, but people have done it. Yeah. Uh, one of my choices actually did do that. I'm going to talk about that a bit later on. Uh, Beastie Boys, um, Paul's Boutique album, basically has littered with samples. And I think if they were one of the first to get, they could have, they will get away with it forever now. I think because it's, uh, there was a court case a while back, but uh, there's so many samples on the album that like nobody can claim. Ownership. Yeah, it's like they kind of just let it slide now. I mean, you would never be able to make that. I think it's the same with Three Feet High and Rising by Daylight. It's gone on too long now, they can't go back and play. And where you start? Steely Dan all over the place, and then George Clinton all over that mess as well. Like, try it. Shout out to the large professor who flipped that for Naz on his classic Elmatic LP. Absolutely just wrote it. Yeah, did anyone pick Nas actually? Did anyone, did anyone have any Not Nas this tricks? time, no. But I think no. on Human Nature, I mean on SWV right here, with, just with those backing vocals, like when they make Michael the backing vocals, mm. you totally understand that it was Toto that gave Michael that track because you can hear it more, I think, in the SWV track where you can hear that it's more like this kind of beachy, tropical-y vibe yeah, to it yeah. that yeah. like you don't, when you're listening to it, when it's just the Michael track, you don't actually get that as much, I think. So it's interesting that when you're sampling stuff, it can just bring out these totally different flavors on an existing song, which is amazing. Well, this is, Jen, this is one of your choices. Uh, and what I think yes. it's, is interesting about this is because uh, it is such a famous song. So it's really hard to take, like we said, a Rick James. I'm all about obvious. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just make it No, obvious. but like, I mean, it's obviously, like, you, if you're taking this song, everyone knows it, right? You're talking about a song that is a classic already. Mm -hmm. So taking uh, uh, an ABBA song, as Madonna does here, and like, turns it into something. Even bigger and more gay. <laughs> <laughs> Can it be done? She does it. <laughs> so that's, uh, this is uh, Hung Up by Madonna. Time goes by, so slowly, so slowly, time goes 
So obviously everyone knows this song, like the original is Gibby 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 by Abba. Yet, somehow. I think it's kind of like, Sampler is kind of like building upon like history and like, uh, it's, it's having like a conversation with the And the thing about it is, Stuart Price is a, a pop god and he wanted, Madonna works best when she just is working with one person. She just needs a collaborator, she doesn't need a committee. She needs someone to understand her story and where she wants to go with an album. And Stuart Price knew that she wanted to get back to her like danceateria days and back where she used to work with Bobby Orlando and people like that. And he said, look, let's just go full balls to the wall and like who's bigger and you know, a bigger icon in dance, like in that early kind of disco scene than Abba. And he's like, let's just do it. Let's just fucking sample Abba. And you know, it's a massively ballsy move. And she, there's no one with bigger balls than Madonna, lady balls. And she was like, yeah, let's just do it. So she wrote a begging letter to Benny and Bjorn. And Benny was like, look, we don't usually do it. The only time they've ever done that before was the Fugees. They let the Fugees have um, something for, I can't remember what song was, Rumble in the Jungle was the song. Yeah, what was the yeah. sample they used? Seven Angel. Um, so, but like, so they'd only use, done it once. So this time they were like, look, we'll do it for Madonna because, you know, she's been around the block a good couple of times. We know she's good for it. And she was just, it was just a match made in heaven. And I just think it's like, it's the poppers the clock of songs. It just bursts yeah, yeah, alive yeah. with that sample. And it's the most exciting, it was the most exciting pop. When it came out, it was just, everyone was like, Madonna is sampling Avon. This is insane. It's too. It's I don't think anyone probably appreciated as much as you no. do. No, <laughs> me, me and Legions of Gay Guys. Just but saying. It's just you talk thing. about them like they're your friends in the pub. You're like, yeah. and then Benny rang Madonna, right? <laughs> and then she said, Grant, right? But I think it's the total. And what it is is the antithesis to me of. Like DJ Shadow, great and everything, but I fucking oh, I hate that attitude where it's like, hey, I'm gonna play my tracks and then hide what sample I'm using from you while I'm DJing. Like that's no fun. It's just <laughs> who does that? It's just like who does that? DJ Shadow used to do. He used to put like masking tape on like his fucking vinyl so no one could see what he was playing, and it's just so small-minded, like, clicky group of guys. <laughs> but it's just... Probably a, just trying know, not to get you're not, yeah. But it's real, like, you're not in the club, you're not going to get this, you don't know this. I like egalitarian pop music where it's like, yeah. this is obvious, we all know what it is, yeah. let's have fun oh, with it. Yeah. Like, instead of just being in a nerdy club, let's I do think it. that's kind of gone now, though, as well. Yeah, you yeah. should yeah. hope it. We have Shazam now, yeah. so... Yeah. 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 Like, look, if you can find <laughs> any things out. that people don't know now, you're digging real deep. Yeah. That's yeah. Who? Yeah. Yeah. Dana. Dana. Yeah. You mean has anybody sampled that? Yeah. Not yet. Maybe. <laughs> you could be the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the, the funny thing about that one is really to me is that like that's a, that works really well and it's an obvious sample done really well. There's a really I'm not going to play it because it actually insults me. But the uh, <laughs> when Cole, Coldplay did talk. Yeah, and they they yeah, took yeah. craft work yeah. with yeah. their blessing and basically ruined the song. They just yeah. took the melody, played it again, and made a song out of it. And now the annoying thing about it is that every time I hear that song, the craft work song, I just think it's Coldplay. So yeah. so that's the opposite thing. It's yeah, actually negative. So this example, uh, Keen, is one of your choices, actually, and this wins the award. If anyone knows, uh, if you're interested in samples, though, there's a website called whosampled.com, and that shows you a list of every song that's sampled on a song and where it is in the track and what second it is, and, and it's very extensive. But, uh, Keen, you win the award for being the only song 
on this list anyway that wasn't featured on who sampled. So <laughs> to probably the opposite of what uh, put, it, put this put it now because it's uh, give him the bumps there. It's absolutely, <laughs> it's so famous. It's Kate Bush is the original and we'll, well, we'll play the original first. But the the samples are so minute. It's actually it's really creative and clever. I think. So this is a song from 1985 from the classic album to Love, Kate Bush so he takes the same little string hits, but then also she starts singing a bit. Yeah. So the artist we're talking about is The Field. The album was uh, From Here to Sublime, it came out in 2007. I didn't even know this was a sample until, <laughs> until now. I didn't know that until today that this was a Kate Bush sample. So we were a little obsessed for a while on, on our other podcast. We were, got a bit hung up on The Field, didn't we? Chair dancing in the studio. <laughs> so this is The Field, Over yeah. the Ice is the song. I think it kind of gets like the essence of that track. Gets yeah. the texture, the essence of it, and just like yeah. makes the song out of it it's completely different. But it has that shade. Uh, yeah. And when you actually know it's Kate Bush, then you're like, oh, yeah, shit, yeah. And he made such a lovely melody from just yeah. a little bit of a vocal. Not like the Utah Saints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, when it comes to the chorus, which you probably won't get time to go, but it like it really explodes, and a few of the samples, the shots are layered, and it's just it's really beautiful. But over the ice, um, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is six minutes long, so we can't yeah, play it. But exactly, obviously, yeah. uh, that's a really interesting use of a sample. You were talking earlier on about like finding a source for sampling that you maybe that nobody else would even know about, and I think this is a great example. It's uh, from Missy Elliott. It's a song. It's called Lick Shots. Yeah. And it basically was just play it and have a listen. <sighs> Hey yo, Timberland. See what they don't understand is we about to flip our whole style on them for two double zero one. And for those of you who hated, you only made us more creative. You don't wanna speak my name, mess around, get that ass blown away. Fool gone away. I ain't never let you tell anyway. Just to show you what it actually is. But shit, I don't think it's a uh, an it's Israeli, Israeli folk, folk group. Song, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So nobody would have got this. That's it. <laughs> so I think like for people who like sample and they're like digging in crates, they're trying to find something really bizarre that no one else has probably listened to, such as that, and just flipping it and making it something cool and fresh and unique. Timberland was great for that, but he used a lot of Middle Eastern music and a lot yeah. of uh, Whether it's the baby cries or the laugh yeah. and then all in all these songs, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah like the Aaliyah. Yeah, the Aaliyah stuff is just Yeah, yeah he doesn't get well, nearly as much work Kelly on that playing, not Aaliyah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, local uh, music. Maybe we'll just play uh, a local example for Sally. This is your choice, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a brand new track. Um, maybe I'll play, I'll play the original first. 
The sample here is uh, James Brown, Prisoner of Love. The original that's James Brown, Prisoner of Love. When we play the, the newly released uh, song that samples it is from, sorry? It's from, uh, from Night Tonight. From Night Tonight from New Jack. The day you gave me patience. Now did he clear that sample? Yeah. There's James is saying the same. Technically, it's a cover, but they use it in the back, yeah. But actually, what he's sampling is the what he's sampling is the clip of James Brown on a live news show where he's off his chops and cocaine, and he's on the run and he's beating up his wife. Oh yeah. And he's just like demented on the camera, going, and they're just asking him a stream of questions and. He just goes, how long from night to night you'll find me? Like, just really so random. So it's not even the original. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's that thing. <laughs> I think he used yeah. it as well. But um, it's, uh, it's good crack. That's why I liked the kids who used it. Very good. Um, another, uh, Keen, you mentioned this as well. It was going to be one of my choices because I think uh, it's a good example of uh, an Irish sample that most people would have overlooked here yeah. anyway and they never would have went near it. Well, I can tell ever. you, digging in Irish record shops, this record is in every Euro bin around. <laughs> and is the sound of music on no, vinyl? No. Is it but seriously yeah. Phil Collins? <laughs> Jared, there's something you just come across every single oh, shop. So. But seriously Phil Collins. Um, any, uh, what's it? Uh, Some well, jams on that though. Well, there's of course there Dana is. Dana would be yeah. in a lot of Dana, Euro yeah. bins, yeah. And, and the Pope um, live in the Fiends Power. Yeah. and sag. On vinyl. There's a band called Golden Avatar so from the 70s that's in every bin. I bought it. It's rubbish, but it's in every Euro bin. I can tell that RJD2 sampled the piano off a bastard, but uh, <laughs> it's awful. But uh, good old Mary O'Hara's in Yeah, this is Mary O'Hara. Play it here. people wouldn't have went near it here. Um, but American band called Passion Pit basically launched their career on the back of this sample. And everything is going to the beat. And everything is going to the beat. And everything is going to the beat.
Yeah, pretty much a non-star career. I think they're still around. I think they're still yeah. around. Yeah. Um, that was 2008, 2009. I've seen them in Whelan's even uh, on the back of that song. So they were it's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a really great use, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they were huge at that time. They were crying. The perception was so good. They were falling. Oh, cute. Were you crying? Oh yeah, special guest here. Special guest. Suspended. She's going down from the ceiling, wheeled in her arm. One of my favorite samples. Uh, one of my favorite bands is uh, Beastie Boys, right? So, I think I don't know how many, I don't know who holds the record for most samples. As we were talking about with Paul's Boutique earlier on, um, there's so many samples on that record. Mm. Um, the song I'm about to play has. 13 different samples on it uh, alone. Um, and it's kind of like, it's, it was almost as if somebody was given a bank of samples, like make a song out of this. Um, so the Dust Brothers and the Beastie Boys working this together. I played the samples first, this is for Shake Your Rump uh, is the song. And this is a collection of six or seven samples, I think. <laughs> There's so many samples of that that I didn't even list them, but uh, <laughs> Roy, Roy, so many already sound like amazing. Yeah, 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 they do. Yeah. So it's like a tapestry of some kind. Yeah. Forty-four plus one. And what I love about this song is that it basically is like a, it's like a, a diversion, a transporter's dream. It's like it's like has everything about that. You're like it takes you one way and it takes you a different way because it's basically slamming samples against each other. Yeah. But also I think with the Beastie Boys, they're just so into everything they don't have just one criteria or yeah. one artistic you know viewpoint they're just so they love everything yeah, yeah but that, they yeah. love like you know comic books they love 70s yeah. films they love like they take stuff from like porn stuff they take stuff from like cartoons it's just like a grab bag of everything like all over the place That's all the, Actually, like, like Donna. <laughs> but um, there's someone, to, I don't know if it's true, but someone says that all of window liquor is made from a porn scene. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but if it is, that's amazing. Porn. Yeah, because yeah. you know, on what track is it where they have like the conversation at the start, there's two girls going, I'm going to throw you a birthday party. <laughs> that's from a porn film as well. So, I mean, like, we all know that, you know, guys that are into like techno and stuff get a really bad rap as being like sitting in their basement wanking loads but I think Apex yeah. really was but he put it to good use like he took out some really good porn stuff and put Musical it to sample yeah. Yeah. his wank tank driving exactly. around his wank tank. <laughs> came into good effect you can sell it to his mom if he wants to <laughs> spend my time wisely <laughs> so there's a shaker rum the point. 
here there, plenty of samples to use. Thirteen in total. I think one of the one of the songs on that album has sixteen in total. Um, and you know, it was a time before sampling was even uh, considered. You had to clear it, so yeah. they totally got away with it, and they somehow will continue to get away with it. Um, but yeah, really impressive. Um, certainly one of my favorite albums, and because of that as well, I learned. So I like. I got so much from that. I got so much that I didn't expect. Like I'm learning from different genres and different, like just unknown music. I mean, now it's easier to, obviously, to look on Spotify and, and like find some stuff you may not have heard. But like, it's kind of like wearing a badge in yeah. a way, like hearing a sample from a band that you didn't know existed on your favorite bands. But, but also, I think like when people are anti-sampling, which I completely understand. I think like it's difficult and hard to argue that, let's say, the Avalanches since I left you. Daft Punk, Discovery, yeah. DJ Shadow introducing, I could name lots of hip-hop albums. We were just saying, these in the last 15, 20 years will we'll go down in history as the greatest records ever recorded. And I just think people need to be more open to maybe the idea of just being how creative it can be. Unless you're Coldplay. Yeah, well, they can basically well, yeah. yeah, like it's 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 not a, it can't it can only be a good thing. Yeah, for so like I would at the start for me that's Britney Spears's best tune. It's Beyonce's best tune. Mm. You know, I think yeah. when it's used right, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, um, we're gonna leave you with this song, um, which is from also from one of my favorite bands and one of your favorite bands, um, yes. and it's where where I first uh, heard uh, Steely Dan. Um, for the first time, is and it? I was like, yeah, but like my dad always had the records, but I never listened to them, because I was like, that's my dad's records, they're going to be shit. Um, <laughs> and I then promptly discovered them years later, but like this started me off on the path to like a Steely Dan when I was, when, I, when did this come out? What year 1996. Yeah, I mean, you would have been talking about the height of like school, pop right? and stuff like that. So, yeah, you wouldn't have really listened to Steely Dan when you were, when you were that age. You were, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> Super freaky. <laughs> that's how I got out of that yeah. question. <laughs> Did you like Steely Dan much? I really liked Steely Dan. Yeah, you yeah. Gig? Of course I did. I was a little <laughs> old person head. <laughs> <laughs> what did you listen to when you were? Very there? serious music. I just dying to be a grown up, basically. Yeah. That was my problem. No, no, it's still the same. Well, Steely Dan is great. Come on. Oh yeah, no, it's really the wind like, in your hair. Yeah, no, you know? it's amazing tunes, but like Everyone uh, loves the jam. when you're younger, you wouldn't be like, oh yeah, this is my jam. That's but my I, jam. I play. I play this. This is a. Uh, this is uh, Showbiz Kids. It's totally such a jam anyway, but uh, a very small sample of his And it's blowing everything up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's that late. Freeze comes in, knocks everything over. So here's the sample now. So, if anybody knows Super Furry Animals, you will know this song very well. It is called The Man Don't Give a Fuck. It takes a while to get going. Um, but yeah, they just flipped that little bit about showbiz kids making a movie and they don't give a fuck about it. They don't give a fuck, that's it. And it's, I think it was uh, repeated 52. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then they have like a, because live, 
they do it. It's always the last song they do live, and then they did a 23-minute version of it, which like the, <laughs> the fuck was repeated over a hundred times. So, I mean, to me, it's the best pro protest song ever written. I mean, you can fuck with your Jeremy Corbyn Seven Nation Army chant. This is a protest song. This is pure anarchy, and it's always just like it's the fact that man don't give a fuck about anybody at any time, and it can be worked for anything. And I just think. When you go and see them, you can be a bit blasé about like them always finishing with it, but I think it's so passionate and resonant every time. You feel like just when this kicks in, this bit, that the, you can't, it's going to be a riot. People are going to kick right off. And it's amazing. Every time. I think the interesting thing about this as well is that like on the live, they still use the sample. Yeah. Keen, he plays uh, in the band. He just elongates it and like takes the snippets of it, like you're saying, about just plays, just tiny little, and chopping it up and, and like changing end, it, turning it into a techno track. They used to have the Bill Hicks sample at the very end where it just kept on going, all governments are liars and murderers, over and over and over again, until it was like white noise and it flashed up on the screen, like loads of images of like Terminator and like atomic bombs, just blood, and it was just. It's such an evocative experience seeing them do this. And they do it all the time and it, it just I think it encompasses their like mission statements, which is just like they wrote it in Welsh on the imprint of when they released this limited edition for a while and it just said, you know, stuff Christmas, not the turkey and it's like stuff it, like fuck, you know, what the establishment. And it was just about being complete anarchists and I just love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Could be my funeral song. <laughs> Well, on that note, I think we leave it there. Um, we could keep that going. Brave note. Yeah, brave to your grave. Um, thank you, Keen and Jen. And uh, like we said, uh, Lyman fans here having their first birthday in yeah. Wigwam tonight. We just play a lot of pop songs for you to dance to. That's all we want to do is make you dance. You don't put any so. tape over the decks. No, we no. don't. We, like you'll know all the songs. Believe me, <laughs> it's just fun time party tunes. Okay, thank you very much, and thanks for coming on to this chat. <laughs>